is Juliana McIntosh. And I'm Brad Sutton. And, and this, this is, is The Art, Art of, of Drinking. Drinking. With Join Jules. And your favorite uncle. This is the best home bartending podcast. Where you learn how to make two drinks. A classic. And a twist. Plus a little backstory on the cocktail. So you have an interesting story to tell when you serve your guests. Your home crafted masterpiece. Uncle Brad, let's uh, let's cheers first. Let's yeah, we gotta cheers. we gotta cheers this one. Here cheers, cheers, a little mm-hmm. sip, a little sip. Uh huh, little sippy. Mmm, what Gosh. a great cocktail to welcome us back. A French seventy-five. There really is nothing like a French seventy-five. This is literally one of my all-time favorite cocktails, and this is a cocktail that I serve as a welcome cocktail. Ooh, and I tell yeah. people, you know, when I do bartending classes, like, welcome. you should serve this as a welcome cocktail. But, uh, you know, maybe maybe I need to walk that back. And after all, the, the drink was known for its, uh, its hard-hitting properties during Prohibition. Mm. But you wouldn't know it. You wouldn't know it when you're drinking one of these. It is such no. a light, crisp, refreshing cocktail. It's like champagne meets lemon meets sweet. It's just... No, it's perfect. Yeah, if you haven't had Brad, one of is these, it, like, is it this safe is to show. say it's balanced? <laughs> it's pretty balanced, Jules. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, oh. it's just it's it's even on. I am one that you know I like that sweet tart being right in the middle. Yeah, this ebbs a little bit more towards the citrusy tart, mm-hmm. but it's not heartburn city. Although, if you make one of these the wrong way, it can be. You're reaching for the Zantac for sure. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. No, but I love your take on that. A welcome cocktail. This is a great welcome cocktail. What a good call. Yeah. This is going to be my new showstopper. Start your drinking evening. <laughs> Pretty soon everybody's like hammered. You know what? It creates a good base. It creates a good base, you know? Yeah, yeah. Pasta would create a good base. This <laughs> this, this puts you right at the edge. Yeah. Uh, it's no, not that bad. Don't get scared. Like, if you're like, oh, I don't want something like that. It, you wouldn't know. It's a strong drink, and um, it's mm-hmm. it's it goes down pretty easy, believe me. It's It's not something to be scared of. Run towards it, not one away. For those who don't know, I have had these. I don't know if I've ever ordered these actually at a bar. I feel mm. like I've always been yeah. scared to. But for those who are listening who are like, okay, I hate to ask, but what's a French 75? Uncle Brad, can you walk everyone through our first cocktail, the French 75? Yeah, first cocktail of season two. All right, so French 75. And by the way, I hear you about going to a bar and ordering one of these because I have. Yeah. It's just like, gosh, darn it. You, yeah. you just get heartburn because they're just not made right. Yeah, this is a perfect cocktail to make at home. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, and mm-hmm. when you make it this way, you're going to be like, okay, that's damn good. So, all right, yeah, you ready to know? What stuff. are we going to go get? Here we go. Here we go. All right, come on, get ready. All right, here we go. <laughs> gin. Plymouth mm-hmm. gin is the one I like to use in this cocktail, but a good London dry gin will work just fine here too. You're going to want to use champagne, specifically brut champagne or dry. Uh, brut is French for dry. And uh, the reason is, is that uh, you don't want something that's too sweet. But when you do get a brute, uh, make sure you're getting something that's not too lemony either. If it becomes too lemony, it, it gets a little overpowering. For me, I used Bollinger, if you want to say it the French way, it's Bollinger. This is a 50 bucker, so you don't have to go all that expensive. So just when you're picking your champagne, or you can even go method champenois, you can just look, and if you don't know what the flavor profile is, maybe just Google it. And um, if it's 
If it's lemony, just avoid it. Also, eh, no Prosecco. Prosecco is just uh, not a good fit here. Mm-mm. I'd agree with you there. So don't make that mistake. Yeah. Uh-huh. It gets, it gets a little too sweet. Yeah. Speaking of sweet, you're going to want some sugar for your simple syrup. And then, of course, lemons because you're going to want fresh lemon juice and a little lemon twist in there as well. You're going to want ice. You're going to want the ability to measure 1.5 ounces. Otherwise, people call it one and a half ounces. Mm -hmm. Uh, Three quarter ounce and a half ounce. And for me, that's two jiggers. I've got my one ounce, two ounce jigger and my half ounce, three quarter ounce jigger. Mm -hmm. When you get those jiggers, you're also going to want to look for lines inside the jigger that tells you that, you know, there's another measurement to be had. So I have a one ounce, two ounce. There's a line inside the two ounce side that tells me what one and a half ounces look like. Mm -hmm. Then I go get my shaker, Boston shaker, 10 on 10, 2818. And I, of course, need my Hawthorne strainer and a mesh conical strainer because you're going to want to strain this one. You're going to want to strain the little ice bits out, but also the pulp the possibly uh, some lemon seeds. So you just want to get that stuff all out. Mm-hmm. You want your Y peeler to make your lemon twist. And then a chilled, chilled champagne flute because this drink can be tough if it gets warm. So you want a chilled champagne flute. Jules? Okay, Uncle Brad, I, I, I'm going to ask a question, not for me, but as I've gone through some, some classic cocktails that use a spirit some people aren't fond of, I hear someone, and maybe I'm overstepping, but I hear someone asking, I don't like gin. Is there any way I can make a French 75 with vodka? Do you think somebody could do that if they don't like gin? Or would that be too weird? No, you you can. I mean, there's there's all kinds of variations on the French 75. First, I'm going to start here and say, <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> you yeah. do like gin, trust I know. me. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to be like, I didn't, I hear this all the time. People are like, I didn't know I liked gin. I'm like, yeah, because mm-hmm. you haven't had a good cocktail or been haven't had good gin. All right, right. So, but if you're just like, absolutely no, I'm not going to use gin. I turn into Dr. Jekyll, Mr. or Mrs. Hyde, whatever. <laughs> Fine. You can use vodka if you want to use vodka. You could use cognac, uh, which this drink has Ooh. been made with cognac before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love cognac. Yeah, there's all kinds of variations. There's a Mexican 75 with tequila. I've never had one. It doesn't <gasps> sound appealing to me, but... It's Ooh, out there. Sounds good. Oh to my me. god! You just—I bet you wait, could do can it with I make mezcal. this with tequila or mezcal. <laughs> Sign me up. Okay. Yeah. Well, that is your classic. Stick with the gin if you can. For mine, we are doing a same formula but new additions. And I will tell everyone listening: we are using the ingredients that I included in our setup episode. So nothing crazy here. Okay. So here's what you're going to need for mine. And mine is going to be a spicy grapefruit French 75. We're going to use gin. I used gray whale gin in this. I it, it is my favorite gin right now. I just think it's so nice and it tastes so good in this, um, especially with the citrus flavors. I think it just works so well. So get your favorite gin. I recommend gray whale. Get some fresh lemons. Get some fresh grapefruits. And for those of you listening Grapefruits are in season. They are a winter fruit and they are perfect this time of year. So if you got them, use them. It just brightens up this cocktail so much. We're also gonna need sugar for simple syrup like Brad. Now the ingredient we're adding is chili liqueur. Oh my. Chili liqueur, yeah. We're gonna spice this up. Then you're gonna need your champagne. You're gonna need your cocktail shaker and jigger. You're gonna need your two strainers, the Hawthorne and the fine mesh. And then lastly, we 
are going to put this in a coupe glass because the champagne flute is retired for me. So grab your coupes and have a French 75 in the coupe. Sorry, Brad. <laughs> hey, you know, listen, teach their own. All right. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a flute. I, I like champagne in a flute. Hey, but, you're a flute guy. <laughs> yeah. There are arguments for uh, the alternatives. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. There you go. That's what you're going to need from the store. Let's talk about how you make it. It's time to make our cocktails and have one. Enough chit-chatting. Let's get down to brass tacks. Let's make the classic French 75. And for those of you listening and you've never had one, this is your perfect excuse to go grab these ingredients, listen to Uncle Brad, and make it for yourself. I promise you won't regret it. Uncle Brad, oh, for take sure. away. Yeah, for sure. People are going to be like, whoa, that's a great yeah. thing. This is going to make you a bartender hero. Mm-hmm. I have tried many different formulas for the French 75. And uh, like I was saying in the last segment, if it's not made the right way, you it gets sickly sweet or it gets to the point where it'll give you heartburn. This is where I have landed. And I'm telling you consistently, I have never, ever had a complaint about making the drink this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and as Jules mentioned, too, there's there's variations of the French flute. There's a 76, there's a 75, there's a 125. There's all kinds of different takes on the French 75. Just let's start with the French 75. Well, here's the right way to make the French 75. So what we're going to do is we are going to uh, make our simple syrup. We haven't done that yet. For Pete's sakes, I hope you did. But if you didn't, uh, simple syrup, again, is just equal parts sugar and water. One cup sugar, one cup water, and bring it to a boil. And once it's at a boil, just turn the heat off and let it come to room temperature or fast track that cooling however you want. You're going to want to squeeze your lemons. If you haven't squeezed your lemons, my God, we need fresh lemon juice. So please go squeeze those lemons. And uh, then we're going to take our shaker and we're going to take the big side of the shaker. And we are going to add two ounces of gin. And then we're going to add a three-quarter ounce of our lemon juice. And then we're going to add a half ounce of our simple syrup. And for Pete's sakes, do not grab the champagne yet. Put it down. Jeez, you're gonna make a bomb if you do. So don't put the champagne in there. Do not put the champagne in there. And then what you're gonna wanna do is you're gonna wanna fill the uh, small side of the shaker up about three quarters away with ice. Put those two things together and make sure you got a nice tight seal, give it a little smack, and then shake. Shake it like you're mad at it. Shake it angrily. You want to hear the ice slamming into the top side and then the bottom side. And you do that for about 20 seconds. Bingity, bingity, boom, boom. And then once it's all frosty on the outside or it's sufficiently cool, you've given it 20, 30 seconds. Go ahead and separate that shaker. All the contents on the big side. And you're going to take your Hawthorne strainer. And that's the strainer with the spring around the, the bottom of it. Put that on top of the big side and you're going to take your mesh strainer and you're going to hold those over your chilled, you're going to hold the mesh strainer over your chilled champagne flute and you are going to pour from the big side of the shaker through the Hawthorne strainer, through the mesh strainer, this is called double straining, into your flute glass and then you are going to top that off with champagne And then you're going to take your lemon peel or your lemon twist. If you have a channel knife, that's great. You can make a nice little cool lemon curl. If you just have a Y peeler, that's fine too. Just go ahead and slice a a lemon peel kind of lengthwise, you know, from top to bottom of lemon. And you want to trim it up. That's fine too. You can trim it up so the edges are nice and straight. And then give that a nice curl or, or a tight 
little roll around your bar spoon and, and make sure it's good and tight. And then when it comes off that bar spoon shaft, it'll be a nice little curl and you can just drop that right in your French 75 and voila, you are off to the races. Yep. You're going to look fancy. Totally. Whether you put it in a flute or a coupe, which you could do either. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you could do coop. This is great. It's great for whether it's you're celebrating New Year's Eve, you're celebrating Mother's Day, you're celebrating a brunch. I mean, it. this is a great, like you said, Brad, this is a great welcome cocktail. Okay. I, I got to admit something to you. What? This actually used to be served in a coop. Oh my God. <laughs> you are tell kidding you, I'll tell you me. More. I'll tell you more later. Actually, it used to be. So Point if you know jewels. anything about, yeah, I know. <laughs> so if you know anything about uh, cocktails and maybe you've made the Tom Collins before. Mm-hmm. This is essentially a Tom Collins, but instead of soda water, you're using champagne. Everything mm-hmm. else is the same. Mm-hmm. So they used to serve it in a Collins glass over cracked ice. And then they switched to a coupe glass and then they switched yeah. to a flute. Yeah. Yep. You know what? Hey, here's 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 what we always say. Make it how you like it. You can put it in either or, okay? Yeah, there's actually arguments uh, to drink champagne. There's new new research that will tell you that champagne should be consumed out of a white wine glass because you want the champagne to open up. The reason why it's in a flute is because it keeps the bubbles. Yeah. Ooh, wow. Uh-huh. Fun Science. fact. Yeah. Science. Wow. All right, well, Jules? Here we go. Here we go with mine. Let me start out by saying, I have made the classic French 75. I think the French 75 is one of those easy cocktails for me, where once you get the foundation down, you can really start plugging and chugging flavors with what you want to do. Nothing crazy, but you can add maybe a little, uh, a new citrus, blood orange first came to mind. You know, you can you can start to manipulate the cocktail based on the sugars or the citrus I added a chili liqueur. So really, once you make the classic, have have fun with it. And I think that this is a perfect cocktail to do so. So if you want to make my version, which is a spicy grapefruit French 75, here's what you're going to need to do. Put your coupe glass in the freezer. It's important that your coupe glass or your flute, whatever you're using, uh, is chilled because we're not adding ice to this. So you don't want your cocktail to heat up or, or I I have had plenty of cocktails that have no ice that get really hot really fast. So by chilling your glass first, it's going to help to extend the, the temperature better, right? So mm-hmm. freeze your glass. In your cocktail shaker, you're going to add an ounce and a half of gin. You're going to add a half ounce of fresh. And remember, this cocktail ingredients matter. Freshness matters in this. So use fresh citrus if you can. So a half ounce of fresh lemon juice and then a half ounce of fresh grapefruit juice. We're only gonna do a half ounce of simple syrup, which is equal parts water and sugar. And we're only gonna do a half ounce of chili liqueur. If you don't like spicy, maybe take that down to a quarter ounce. I I love the flavor and I'm using the smaller batch brand, the Alma Tepec uh, chili liqueur, which is really spicy. So a half ounce for me was perfect, but if you go out and get that brand, it is spicier than others. So just, you know, taste it before you use it. And you can always add, can't take away. But once we have all those in our cocktail shaker, you know what to do next. We're going to add ice and shake. And then we are going to grab our chilled coupe glass. We're going to double strain it into our coupe glass because we're using that fresh citrus and we're shaking with ice. We don't want to get 
all of that in our drink. So we're gonna double strain like Brad did. We're gonna top with our bubbles. And then for this, I actually took a thinly sliced wheel of the grapefruit. So I, I cut a thin wheel and I plopped that right in my coupe glass. Brad, can you see? I and mean, it's, it's really, just- It's beautiful. It really is nice. And grapefruit, I, I got one of the, the, like the ruby red grapefruit. So it's just a pop of color. Sip that bad boy. It's it's delicious. It is like the right amount of extra, if that makes sense. Total sense. Total <laughs> sense. And that is one fancy looking cocktail. Mm, and coupe glass. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I'm going to try your version. But. Well, that's how you make those two. Those are Those are really easy. Yeah, chili liqueurs, I, I use it in a lot, whether it's a margarita or, hey, this French 75. But mm -hmm. I think it's I think it's the right amount of spice. It's different yeah. than a simple syrup because I feel like you can play with the liqueur a little bit more because it's not as sweet. So if you like spicy, I highly recommend it. Awesome, all right. Yeah. Okay, I'm excited about this history lesson because Uncle Brad, <laughs> I went to the birthplace of the French 75. Ooh, so they say. I know, so they yeah. say. Right. Now that we have our cocktails, let's get into the history of the French 75. You got me nervous because I, I did go to the birthplace, but maybe I didn't for the French 75? Well, I mean, it's in there. It's, it's uh, you know, could be. Is there is there drama? <laughs> Yeah, then, well, just, you just might be surprised to know that there are a few origin stories, you know, behind oh. behind the French 75. Ah. You know, it's one thing about uh, the cocktails in the history of cocktails is there's a lot of people <laughs> laying claims to drinks. And uh, the French 75 is it's no stranger to that. Yeah. So what we know for sure is that the French 75 was named after a French field artillery gun. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> I know. What are you drinking? I'm drinking the Mossberg. Pump yeah. action. Shotgun. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the French 75 was named after the uh, field artillery gun uh, that was really primarily used in World War I. Uh, and that was 1914 through 1918. And it was an anti-personnel gun. This gun was actually the symbol of hope in the battle against Germany in the war. So... Mm. You could you could romanticize the gun a little bit wow. here. Just go with me, all right? Don't don't focus on the word gun so much. Yeah, I'll but take I will. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was the first modern. The uh, French seventy five was the first modern artillery gun made, and you know the French made mm -hmm. it in the late eighteen hundreds. I think it was eighteen ninety eight, and it was beloved by the French and the Americans because it had this hydro pneumatic recoil mechanism, which meant unlike its predecessors, think of like cannons on a ship or cannons in the right. field. You see them go off and they roll backwards or they move or they jump. That's what cannons did. Uh, this one didn't do that. It would keep itself in place. So it was extremely accurate oh, cool. and you didn't have to continuously re-aim the gun. And uh, this thing really, really helped the French and the Americans and the Brits out uh, in the war against Germany. So now, a popular story about the French 75 is that English soldiers fighting in the war uh, concocted the drink uh, while in France, you know, and they, they used raw ingredients that they had on hand, uh, allegedly. That was Ooh. gin. Yeah, fresh lemon juice, you know, is always around when you're, you know, <laughs> fighting course. in the trenches. Right. A little sugar. 
you know, and then of course champagne, you know, so uh, yes. <laughs> who doesn't have that laying around? And then they would mix all that together and drink it out of a 75 millimeter artillery shell. I think I've heard stories wow. about Paul Bunyan that sound more believable than that. But uh, anyway. <laughs> huh. Okay. Let's get to uh, let's get to some uh, actual believable history here. So, yeah, <laughs> in 1919, Mary Harry Macalone said, uh, "Hey, you know what? This drink was uh, made or credited a bartender named McGarry, who was of the Bucks Club in London." So that's one story. Another story is uh, the French 75, as we would recognize it today, was uh, first appeared in print in 1927, and I'll air quote recognized it because the drink uses powdered sugar as opposed to simple syrup. Uh, you huh. could use powdered sugar if you wanted to. Um, I find simple syrup is just one easier too. It just it just tastes better. So right. And it used to be, as I said at the earlier and earlier part of the show, it used to be served in a Collins glass over cracked ice, and it was also served in a coupe glass as well as a Nick and Nora glass. Yes, it was. was mm-hmm. Yeah. Until finally, a transition to the champagne flute, which is what I'm drinking it out of. Insert sip here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll Gosh, take the so coop good. and run. I could run around with a Gatorade bottle full of <laughs> French 75. The history is <laughs> a bit more complex, so let's kind of get into a little bit of a timeline here. Because it's a big fat who knows, right, on where this drink yeah. came from. So let's, let's run some numbers here. So first, gin dates back to the 13th century, otherwise known as the 1200s. Sure. And yep. Champagne has been around since Romans planted vineyards in the Champagne region region of France. And that was all the way back in the fifth century or the 400s. Hmm. So it was only a matter of time before someone put both of these ingredients in a glass, right? Right. And one person we know for sure who did that was one Charles Dickens in 1867. There is record he did the of Christmas, him. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. yeah. Who, I mean, I just actually watched a Christmas Carol. Wow. Which you know, yeah, I don't know. I was feeling nostalgic, so I watched the Christmas Carol. <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh-huh. It was good. All right. All right. So the Christmas anyway, guy. Yeah, the yeah. Christmas guy. So Charles Dickens. <laughs> Wait, that was yeah, that was that. So uh, he was visiting Boston in uh, eighteen sixty seven, and there is a record of him entertaining guests in his Boston hotel suite. And he would serve his guests gin with champagne cups. Now, a champagne cup is champagne with citrus, sugar, and ice. Mm. And, of course, a little champies. So, no doubt, it was delicious. And apparently, it was favored by the Prince of Wales, who was the son of Queen Victoria. And King Kalakaua, Kalakaua of Hawaii. Sorry for the Kalakaua family. No, I think I got that right. I'm I think, not, I'm yeah. Not, uh, I nailed it. All right. Yeah. Well, anyways, uh, both of these uh, fellers were obviously A-listers and Charles Dickens, better known as Chuck Dickens to his uh, pals, mm, right? Sure. Probably not. Uh, Charles Gotta Dickens hung out with some famous people. Yeah. So so people liked, uh, people liked uh, what Charles was cooking up. I don't think this was actually the birth of the 75, but it's just saying that, hey, look, this stuff coexisted and somebody eventually right. put the two things together, kind of like the guy from... Uh, France with the last name Martini, right? So he put dry vermouth and, uh, and gin together. Right. This wasn't exactly the birth, but again, no surprise that uh, these two things came together. And, uh, you know, just a few years later, actually, the Tom Collins was invented in uh, 1876. So it was a matter of time before these things all kind of met formally in a glass and someone just grabbed right. it and named it. So who named it? 
again, that's kind of a mystery. And so, you know, here we kind of get into uh, some, uh, some additional facts. First came the Soissons Cans, and that is uh, French for the number 75. The French uh, are rolling right it, now, but yes. Don't, yeah, Soissons Cans. <laughs> Uh-huh. Cons? Yeah, yeah. cons. And uh, so anyways, the, so the French are like, uh, yeah, you know, we don't like to actually say 75. What Soissons cons means is 60 and 15. So 60 plus mm. 15 is 75. Wow. Like, I mean, seriously, what happened? <laughs> right. The so French were sitting around like, 59, 60, uh, screw it. Everything else, just <laughs> add it together. Back right. to the drink. So in uh, 1915, uh, you have the Soissons Cons, and in an article posted by the Washington Herald, it established that this cocktail was comprised of gin, grenadine, which actually is an inter- huh. interesting substitution for simple syrup. Um, if you make a French 75, I have dabbled with a little grenadine and it's delicious. So gin, grenadine, uh, applejack, and uh, which is a, a brandy made from apples, mm-hmm. and uh, lemon juice. They credit this war correspondent from World War One, and uh, his name was Alexander E. Alexander Powell, uh, for bringing it to New York from France. Mm. And the story writer, whose name was Frank Leon Smith, uh, said that he drank one and immediately paid his rent because apparently it was so strong. And it was so potent. You didn't know how long you were going to last. I don't know why that would prompt someone to then go and pay their rent. <laughs> Wait, that's that hilarious. I know. Uh, you should see my credit score, like with all the drinks I've been drinking. So anyways, uh, <laughs> um, I, I go pay my bills when I've uh, had a few cocktails. Yes. Yeah, it's the first thing I do. The Soissons Cons was again referenced in a newspaper in London and said the cocktail was invented at the American bar at Ciro's, which is in Paris. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, our boy, Harry McAlone, was bartending close by mm-hmm. at the New York bar in Paris. Uh-huh. Yes, uh-huh. I've been. And it could be assumed that Harry became familiar with uh, Ciro's drink menu before going off to fight Harry Fought in World War oh. One, by the way. Because he ended up at Ciro's club in London during the 1920s after the war and opened another Ciro's location in Duval, Duville, Duville, France, which is out near the coast uh, in Northwest France, uh, before coming back to parents, Paris, not parents, he had parents, I have parents, you have parents. Wow, this thing One does pack 70. a punch. <laughs> French 75 do that to you. Hello. So he comes back to Paris and uh, he starts working again for the New York bar and he eventually purchased it, which then became, as you know, Harry's Mm -hmm. New York Bar, or now known as Harry's Bar in Paris, which is a famous place. And one of the places that people think was possibly the birthplace of the French 75, which is kind of debatable at this point, right? Well, I will tell you, just to pause right there, I did go to Harry's New York Bar in Paris. Mm -hmm. The best French 75 I've ever had in my life, ever. And the interesting thing, and I don't know if I like this or hate this, they don't measure. They have no jiggers in sight. Yeah. I think when you make enough of these. Right. Right. Yeah. So they, they're they the birthplace of that, and they say they're the birthplace of the sidecar. If you go mm. and you have to pick one, get the French 75. It'll it'll change your whole thought. on. I kid you not, Brad, best French 75 I've ever had in my life. I'm a little offended, but that's okay. 
No, okay. I, no, I will take that to my grave. I I took this because oh, Eric, will my boyfriend, you now? I will. Well, Eric, okay. Eric ordered it because I said, I'm going to, you know, I'm obsessed with the, with the sidecar right now. So my boyfriend, Eric ordered it. I sipped it and made him drink my, my sidecar because I was like, I can't get enough of this. It's just, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And maybe it's because I hadn't given the French 75 Here, I know what I like this better. Give me yours. <laughs> yeah. yeah, poor guy. <laughs> You know what? Not really. I mean, that's just kind of how it goes, right? <laughs> I know. I know. But no, I swear to God. So is it the birthplace? I don't know. But let me just tell you a fact. They make a damn good French 75. No doubt they make a wonderful. And, and by the way, like if, if you're listening, you're in France. Yeah, you got to go to Harry's. Mm-hmm. Of course you got to go to Harry's. Totally. You, know, you got to. You yeah. have to. Have you been, Brad? I've not. Um, for as okay. many times as I've been to France and Paris. I have not been to Harry's and I am really upset by that. So, well, yeah. you know what? Yeah. It's a new year. <laughs> yeah. You're just flipping all the switches right now for me. Jeez. Yeah. Thanks. Uh-huh. All, all right. right. For Pete's <laughs> sakes. Let's get back to the story. Can we? And stop hurting my feelings. All right. Yeah. Sorry. So in 1922, sorry. Jules, the first written reference in a cocktail book appears in cocktails, how to mix it, not how to mix them, but how to mix it by Robert Vermeer. And uh, only this recipe calls for Calvados and gin. Now, Calvados mm. is also an apple brandy, French, and my God, if you haven't had Calvados, oh, that is it's good. You, good Calvados. You know, they've got cheap Calvados. I think it's good Calvados. Mm. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're in France, my God. So Calvados, <laughs> gin, and uh, this was simply called just a 75, just 75. And so Robert mm. credits the cocktail originer, originer, originator, uh, as Henry Tepe, and Henry worked at Henry's Bar in Paris. Mm. And a lot of people get confused by this. And so they instantly mm. go, oh, it must be Harry. And there's there's some, you know, so there's some confusion there. So you can kind of see how this cloud of mystery starts to, starts to swirl. Yeah. Right. Henry's is actually about a two-minute walk from Ciro's and mm. Harry's. So... Mm. You know, and Harry's wasn't Harry's until 1930s, but you know, it's it's probably safe to say that you know Harry was back in town in uh, in the 1920s, if not late 20s, yeah, they, and if not before that as well. So you know, this thing's been around. It's kind of like right. the debate on the mai tai, right? Like uh, who knows, right? So it could be that Henry invented the cocktail at Ciro's. It could be that Ciro's invented it. it you know, who knows, right? So mm-hmm. it could be could be Harry and he did it. So. Anyway, so in 1926, the cocktail appears in Harry's AB, so Harry, back to Harry Bacalones, Harry's ABC of mixing cocktails under the title 75. And now he's actually giving credit to um, the Field Gun. Mm-hmm. Field Gun didn't make it, but he's referencing the fact that it was named after that. Right. This time, the recipe replaces lemon with absinthe. So now you've got gin calvados. Holy absinthe, sugar, Oof. and champagne. Wow. I mean, you want to talk about a punch in the head. <laughs> like, <what>? Wow. <laughs> that that you yeah. might regret later. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you got champagne and and uh absinthe. Isn't that death in the afternoon? Yeah. Wow. All right. Or yeah, no, that is death in the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, let me pick my jaw up. Um, or was it chartreuse and oh, champagne? No, that's yeah, absent. Yeah, yeah, it's the greens get me. Yeah, so anyways, uh, <laughs> let me pick my job off the ground. So I, uh, so then, okay, God, get back on track, sudden. 
So we've got 1927, the actual air quote, French 75, the word French 75, makes it into print in a cocktail book. The book is called Here's How, just Here's How. This book, because it was 1927 during Prohibition, totally flew in the face of Prohibition and teetotalers and contained the recipe for many cocktails, but also the recipe for the French 75, as we know the French mm. 75 today. Sounds, you know, that had the powdered sugar. Okay, so let's just make a stretch and say powdered sugar turns into simple syrup. And, uh, but they still served it over cracked ice in a Collins glass. And then, you know, obviously topped it off with champagne. Mm-hmm. So in 1930, the drink makes it into the famous Savoy cocktail oh, book. Yeah. And this was written by Harry Craddock. And uh, it's not the same Harry as Harry McAlone, Harry Craddock, different Savoy. We Harrys. talked about Savoy in a different, yeah, we talked about the Savoy in a different episode. Very posh place. This book is coveted. One of the seminal cocktail books that's out there. So this shows up in the cocktail book and even in the recipe there's a little quote that says, it hits with precision. <laughs> Again, <laughs> referencing the fact that this thing's named after that gun. And let me tell you, this thing hits with precision if you haven't tell, been able to tell already by the start. <laughs> You're trying to muscle It'll through it. Okay. Getcha. <laughs> yes. So this drink is has become famously popular by now. And this thing has maintained popularity in a Collins glass, of all things, uh, all the way through up until the late 80s when... Fat champagne flutes were kind of fashionable, very fashionable. Oh, yeah. And the drink switched from the Collins glass to the highly fashionable champagne flute. Mm-hmm. And uh, now this is the French 75 that we know today is the 1980s twist on a long series of twists and turns in the French 75. So what did we learn? You know, the mix was in the air long before someone claimed it and named it. And... Mm-hmm. uh we learned kind of what it was, and it's not what it is. Right. Also, Prosecco was never mentioned once in any of these variations. So Mm-mm. please, for the love of God, don't make this drink with Prosecco. Mm-mm. That is all. No, no, don't. It needs to be champagne. Respect it. Respect it enough to treat yourself. Like we said in the beginning of this episode, quality matters here, people. And not that there isn't good quality Prosecco, but you need champagne for this. Yeah. And quality champagne definitely shows up. It really, mm-hmm. really does. All right. I know. Let's get on to the tips. This guy a little long. Okay. Let's it was let's, fun though. Don't you think? It's a good story. Yeah. Wow. They're twists and turns and Harry's all over the place. Harry's and Henry's? <laughs> my God. All right. Like tips. Good. Tip let's it. Tips. All right. Tip it's it. time to tip. All right, Uncle Brad, uh, our French 75 has hit us like in our artillery gun. So let's wrap it up with a, uh, with our tip section uh, before things get a little crazy. So tip your bartender. All right, let's tip our bartender with, uh, I think that this is an important tip. Champagne, Prosecco, Cava, sparkling wine. Let's talk about bubbles for our tip because not all bubbles are created the same. And not all bubbles should be used in the same way. French 75 is a perfect example. You should use champagne. I would even go so far to say that you could use cava, but you don't want to use Prosecco here. So let's kind of go into our bubbles, right? So you have three main categories, which is champagne, Prosecco, and cava. 
Well, you also have Method Champenois. Sorry, you do. It's, that's out there. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Method oh. Champenois. It's like, that's what, so here's a fun fact. So you can't call champagne champagne if it's not made in champagne. Mm -hmm. So if you've got the same grapes and you're in Cleveland, Ohio, you call it Method Champenois. If you're going to make it the same way as you'd make champagne. Right. Right. Yeah. Here's my understanding about bubbles. Champagne has to be grapes within the champagne region. Yes. Cava is the same way. It's with Spanish grapes. Yes. Now, when it goes to Prosecco, it has to be Northeastern Italian? Uh, sure. I'm a little light on my Prosecco knowledge. Yeah. Um, maybe because I'm a little light on my appreciation for Prosecco. Prospecco? Well, and that's okay. <laughs> Prospecto? I mean, I... Pre <laughs> me, okay. One more but sip. Hold on. One more step. For mm -hmm. people listening, I think the important thing to so note good. is why is Prosecco cheaper than champagne? And why can I get sparkling wine? And here's the thing when it comes to reading the label of bubbles. It has to do with the region in which the grapes are. Just kind of like you have California grapes, you have French wine, you have Bordeaux. It's it's a different variety of grapes. And the same holds true with bubbles. And, and the reason why we're bringing this up, we're, we're not clearly wine connoisseurs, but we know when to use certain bottles in cocktails. Prosecco. Yeah, like, yeah I, let's get back into our lane. All right, let's. Right, right. We stepped a little too far off where we're supposed to be. Oh, it's um, getting a little bumpy over here. Back on the road. Okay, so let's backtrack. Oh, I spilled my coffee. Jesus. All right. Here's what's important. I think that when it comes to using bubbles in cocktails, I think sparkling wine and Prosecco can be used very similarly. I think champagne and kava can also be used similarly. I think that champagne and kava are a little bit more on the drier side, maybe a little bit more on the spicier side, which makes it great for a booze-forward cocktail like the French 75. Wait, is champagne spicy? Yeah. I don't know. What? You wouldn't say that? No. I don't think it's spicy. No. Like, I don't think it's spicy. Yeah, like you get ginger, cumin, like um, those. Cumin. I've never had cumin in champagne, but hey, look. Again, you know, I'm off-roading right now, so. Wow. Anyway. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like it has spicier consistency or texture. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, you know what? Listen, you know what? It, it is what you think it is. I don't think, why am I challenging you right now? I'm sorry. Sorry, I've I've literally had two French 75s. I need to stay in my lane at this point. <laughs> okay, here's what you need to know. You're going to want to use a nicer champagne because trust me, cheap champagne will get you in nowhere except for that's all you're going to taste. It it will ruin your day. Prosecco can be the same way. I I highly recommend going for that middle middle priced bottle because Prosecco can get really sweet really fast. It's one of the reasons why it's great in the Aperol spritz because Aperol in and of itself is bitter. And so it kind of helps to brighten up the drink and, and make it a little bit sweeter. You don't need the sweetness in the French 75. So when you're going for more of a booze forward drink and you don't want to bring sweet notes, use that champagne, go as far as using cava. But when you do want a spritz cocktail, for the summer, Aperol Spritz, use that Prosecco. There's a time and a place for each one. And I think understanding whether 
you want the sweetness or not is how you're going to differentiate which type of bubble you're going to use. For sure. Did that help? That is a great tip. It really is. <laughs> yes. And I think that was a good call out, especially for this episode. So there you go. There's your tips or lack thereof. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jules, we, uh, we definitely, uh, we went long. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. I had fun. Did you have fun? I did. It's good to be back. Back in the it's saddle. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. I'm excited <laughs> for this season. All right. Cheers. All right. French 75. Cheers, Brad. Well, there you have it. Cheers, Uncle Brad. Cheers, Jules. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. Don't worry. We will have the photos and recipes for today's cocktails on the website, joinjules.com. And if you got questions or comments for us, hit us up on the Insta at the Art of Drinking podcast. And of course, find Jules at Join Jules or Cigars and Vino. That's me also on the Insta. And hey, subscribe to my cocktail club on Facebook. All you'll need to do is search Join Jules Cocktail Club and there you'll see what other cocktail enthusiasts are shaking up. This is a Red Rock Music Podcast. Don't forget, subscribe, like, and review The Art of Drinking with Join Jules and your favorite uncle wherever you get your podcasts.